Hey, this is Kyle Soderman, and you're listening to The People's Podcast. Welcome back to The People Podcast, where we are now at episode 35. Have you ever wondered what it's like to play the game of tag professionally? Well, I have, and that's why I'm super excited to share the story of Kyle Soderman. Kyle competes in World Chase Tag, where he is one of the most dominant athletes in the sport. But Kyle has also done a lot more than that. He works as a stunt performer, he's competed in American Ninja Warrior, he is a total badass. So let's get to it and hear from the star of episode 35, Kyle Soderman. Kyle, thanks for joining the show. How's it going? Hey, Brian, how you doing? I'm, I'm hyped to be here. Hey, well, I am hyped to have you on the show, man. Um, you know, I think a good starting point for us would be how you got started with all of this. I know you were born in Minnesota, and you have a pretty diverse background in action sports, but when did you get started with all of that? Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> like you said, it's been a very, very diverse upbringing, born and raised in Minnesota, and really the big thing was uh, growing up with my two older brothers, and I basically just followed along with everything that they did. If they started snowboarding, of course, I had to start snowboarding and always trying to be better at them. So I was always uh, in competition with people that were obviously much better than me, much older than me. Um, so it really ranged from the competitive snowboarding to competitive paintball, the racing motocross, the skateboarding, BMX, wakeboarding, just about all the, in my opinion, cool sports that can get you hurt. But it, it really trained me to learn how to fall correctly. Because if you don't, you can kind of get wrecked in some of those sports. What is the key to falling? And how exactly did you master this? Yeah, so it's really about just like using the momentum with your body going towards the ground in the correct way. So that's like one of the main things of parkour. The basics of parkour is the different vaults and then, of course, falling and knowing how to land and roll. So most of the time, if you're able to, let's say you're falling off your BMX bike, if you can at least get your feet under you and hit and roll, it's just using that momentum in a better way than basically just belly flopping on the ground. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine that would be better. Um, and you've talked about, you know, you did BMX, paintball, snowboarding, parkour, all these different kind of action sports. And, you know, you want to fall down correctly, but I imagine you don't fall down correctly every time. Can you think of the worst injury that you've suffered through all of these extreme sports? Oh, boy. I mean, like, I've actually been very fortunate, knock on wood, because knowing how to fall and not getting hurt when I did fall but in my late wrist twice that's actually i mean i've probably broken it three times but one of the times i just didn't go to the hospital um but other than that probably the worst fall i've ever had was racing motocross where i was doing uh this move called the scrub and essentially that whips your bike out sideways so you can stay low to the ground and go a little bit quicker and I ended up not being able to pull it back straight. So landing sideways off of like a 40-foot step-down jump, going who knows how fast. And that basically whipped my body straight into the ground. And uh, if you've ever heard of a scorpion, that's about the exact 
position that I was in, going very fast. Uh, so I basically just ate some dirt and did a good old scorpion. Oh, my gosh. That sounds pretty brutal. But I, I got to say, it sounds like you were building up some serious toughness. I mean, you said, I probably broke my wrist another time, but I just didn't even go to the hospital at that point. Yeah. And I mean, if you're going to be in those kind of sports, you, you really have to be tough. And honestly, just if you're growing up with two older brothers, I was always the crash test dummy. So that kind of built up my thick skin from a young age. Um, but I, I do suggest I always go to the hospital because that specific injury of my wrist ended up lasting like six months before it was entirely healed. So that was probably uh, not the best idea on my, on my side. Yeah. So we got to throw the disclaimer out there. You got to go to the hospital if you think you got, if you think you seriously injured yourself. Um, but Kyle, I want to dive into world chase tag now. I mean, I would say just about everyone has either played the game of tag or knows about it, but when did you realize that you could play tag professionally? Yeah. So it was such a strange kind of string of events because I got into Ninja Warrior about like six years ago and that kind of got me more into parkour. I've been doing parkour really my entire life, but I never really thought of it as parkour. It was more so I just like jumping and doing flip off stuff. And then uh, when I moved out to Los Angeles about four years ago now, I met up with my now teammate, Omar Zaki. And he, we basically got together, went to go jump around, do some parkour for a day. And he told me about how he was offered to go compete on a world chase tag team and that like blew my mind because i recalled probably three years before that so from now like five years ago seeing that on facebook and that was like the very very early days probably the first year that they've ever done world chase tag i saw it like blowing up on facebook and i was like dude this looks so cool but like they film it out in london it's international there's no way i'd ever be able to actually go and do it but it was always like really had my interest and like I always loved the idea of doing it just never thought I'd ever have the opportunity to but then <laughs> come to meeting up with Omar and they ended up uh, losing out a guy for the 2020 USA National Championship and he was basically like hey do you want me to throw your name in? I was like, yeah, dude, of course. Like, I'd be super, super down. And one thing led to another and uh, went out to Atlanta, and uh, we did pretty decent. <laughs> what a fun opportunity. And what I love about World Chase Tag is it's awesome because it's tag but an extreme version of it. It's essentially tag and parkour mixed into one really fun sport. And, of course, with every game of tag, there's two main aspects, being chasing and evading. And we'll get to your world record in evading. But for those that aren't very familiar with World Chase Tag, can you kind of break down the format of the competition? Yeah. So the founders, Christian Damien, did a very, very good job about taking this game that everyone knows, the game of tag, and putting good rules behind it to make it actually a competitive sport. And that's very entertaining to watch with quick matches. So a match, it consists of two teams of six players. And at any time, there will only ever be two people on the course, which is, we call a quad, which is a 40 by 40 foot by 40 foot, uh, essentially arena that has different obstacles in it. And there's one chaser, 
Quinovator. And the goal is to build up as many points as possible for your team. Now, the only way for you to get a point for your team is to get an evasion. And the really, really tough part about this whole thing is that if you're an evader and you get an evasion, you get 20 seconds on the squad to try to stay away from the chaser. If you can get away in those 20 seconds, that's great. You earned a point for your team. The difficult part is, is you only have 25 seconds of rest in between each chaser. And if that first chaser doesn't get you, now the opposing team gets to bring out a fresh chaser. So you're still tired from that first chase. Now there's a new chaser coming after you, and you got to get away for another 20 seconds in order to get another point on the scoreboard. So it, it sounds like a lot, but at the end of the day, it's actually pretty simplistic. And uh, the last point of that would be if you're the chaser and you're able to tag the evader, then you're allowed to stay on as the evader for the next chase. It sounds like so much fun, and there's a lot of obstacles going through. You know, you mentioned it's a 40 by 40 quad, but there's a lot of obstacles you could run through, jump through, and all these things. And Kyle, you're the captain of the Hollywood Freerunners, and you have won two Baron of Bolt Awards, which is the MVP of the National Championship. So when you look at your tag game, what do you think separates your style from the rest of the competition? I think what really separates my style and my ability on the squad really comes down to my diverse background. I'm not just a parkour athlete, but I do Ninja Warrior. I've raced motocross. I've uh, snowboarded. Everything that I listed off before just really makes you into a well-rounded athlete. To where uh, I see with like a lot of just strictly parkour athletes, they love to just do parkour and they don't really train conditioning that kind of stuff whereas I'm just very used to like really grinding and working out and like I do a lot of sprints before the competitions here just to get my body used to uh, that back-to-back chase mentality to where you're going to be going 20 seconds on and then you only get 20 seconds of a break so treating this as a professional sport and then also just having that diverse background of Yes, you can do a Kong or safety over something, but can you do that, but also be looking behind you to see where that chaser is? So there's a lot going on during that chase more than just doing parkour. We touched on this earlier, Kyle, but you are the world record holder for most consecutive evasions in world chase tag. Take me back to that record-breaking night, and how would you say you were able to do that? Because you don't have much time to rest in between these other chasers coming after you. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy because I never really even realized before going into my very first competition where I did end up breaking the uh, the consecutive chase record or evasion record and I didn't realize there's that that world record so when I was training going into the first competition I just kind of figured that everyone gets three four five six evasions in a row so that's what I wanted to train for and get ready for and mentally be prepared to do and then when I actually got to the competition I think one of my first matches I got a hat trick which is three in a row and then everyone was freaking out because that meant I tied the current world record and at that moment I was like oh dang like 
I didn't even realize there was a world record for most of Asians. And I didn't realize how close I was to actually beating it my first time on the quad. So then after a couple matches and then finally when we were up against the TriHard Collective in the 2020 uh, USA World Championship, I started getting a couple of Asians in a row and just kind of decided in my mind, like, okay, this is it. We're going to, we're going to break this record and just, I guess, see however many I can get. And it ended up being six in a row, which blew my mind. And I think it blew a lot of other people's minds as well. Amazing. I mean, hey, that is a world record that you should be very proud to have. And um, for World Chase Tag, I imagine, you know, you have to be in great shape and you have to execute certain strategies. So when you're gearing up for a game day, what does a typical practice look like? So for me, it's a big mixture because I'm still really big into Ninja Warrior 2 and I compete a lot with that. So my tip training regimen is going to be a lot of rock climbing, a lot of just obstacle training for Ninja Warrior, and then just a lot of parkour. So essentially what I'm doing for sprint training is replicating how I'm going to feel on the quad. So I do a lot of essentially dashes back and forth, a 40-foot dash down, do a burpee, 40-foot dash back, and do that for uh, 20 seconds straight at absolute 100% effort and then give myself a 20-second break. And then I basically just do that back and forth for about 20 minutes, and I, I really only give myself about two minutes' worth of break within those sprints. So I'm, I'm essentially just trying to get to that point of being able to still sprint fast while being completely drained and tired because that is, at the end of the day, how you end up feeling on the quad. Yeah, I imagine replicating that sort of game speed is very crucial to actually being able to execute um, on the quad when it comes down to it. Um, Kyle, I want to move away from World Chase Tag and talk about something that you've been mentioning, American Ninja Warrior. What's the training process for this like, and when did you first encounter the opportunity to be on the show? Yeah, so Ninja Warrior, that alone has been kind of a wild ride where it's been, I think, think about six and a half years ago now that I've actually been training Ninja Warrior. And what ended up happening was I basically just saw, again, Facebook did it for me. I saw a buddy of mine from high school starting to go to this guy's backyard gym and doing these Ninja Warrior obstacles. And like, I've seen the show like here and there, never really been like a huge watcher. But uh, when I saw there was actually like somewhere I could go and do it, I got super interested and ended up going and, from the first time that I win, I've been basically obsessed and been training pretty hard for it ever since. Uh, and then probably within the first year of training, I wasn't able to get on the show because you submit a video application basically showing like, hey, I'm entertaining enough to be on a TV show, but I'm also athletically, athletically able to do the obstacles. And they kind of choose who can be on the show from there. And now for the past three years, I've actually been been competing on the uh, full TV show, American Ninja Warrior. And it's it's really cool. And I love it. And I I basically at this point do a lot of uh, obstacle based training and a lot of rock climbing uh, specifically for it. 
Well, Kyle, you have done World Chase Tag, you've done American Ninja Warrior, but I also saw that you're a stunt performer, and that's a job that, similar to these other things you're doing, it requires you to be fearless. But what is the most nervous you've ever been when performing a stunt? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, talk about falling correctly. <laughs> so it, it was probably actually one of my more recent uh, job, which was for a music video, and the gig was essentially a lot of wire work. So, if you can imagine superhero movies, you getting pulled up into the air. Uh, this one, we were essentially faking someone jumping off of like a ten-story high building and falling onto a car and completely wrecking the car. So, what they ended up doing was uh, rigging me up, where I was basically faced up looking into the sky and they pulled me up about probably 15 or 20 feet above a already wrecked car just because they're going to use like cgi to make it look like it's uh, totally normal and then as soon as it hits it goes to the broken up car and they rigged me up about 15 or 20 feet above that and essentially had me on a defender that probably dropped me at about like 90 to 95 percent speed straight to my back on this broken car i mean i did have protection on where i had like a hard gator back and everything but if you can imagine dropping 15 to 20 feet straight to your back it it doesn't exactly feel the best and of course it was an overnight shoot so you're tired and i've already been doing wire work for a few hours ahead of time so i i don't know if i'd say i was incredibly nervous for that just because we had a really great rigging team and was a bunch of people I really trusted and I knew if we all did our jobs properly I wasn't going to get hurt in the sense of breaking any bones of course <laughs> when you're doing that kind of stunt it's bound to hurt in some way but actually breaking any bones or anything like that I, I was uh, confident that none of that would happen but uh, that was probably one of the most gnarly stunts that I've had to do so far. <laughs> that is crazy. I mean, I'm just trying to imagine yeah. what that would be like, you know, before it all goes down. And I mean, this is why there is the stunt profession, though, I guess, because you mentioned that, you know, you're not going to break any bones. You have protection, but, you know, there's still going to be a certain level of pain that you're going to have to go through. And while other people might run away at that potential pain, you look at that and say, bring it on. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's it's what I really love about the profession of being a stunt performer because, like, not a lot of people can handle that. Not a lot of people can look at a set of stairs and say, hey, like, I know I can get down this without breaking any bones, but it's going to hurt. And when they get to the end of that countdown, they give you a three, two, one action. If you can't just turn it off in your mind and go, then like you, you're not going to be able to be a stunt performer. So it's a really, really cool thing and something I am very proud of. And I know a lot of other stunt people are very proud of. Like you can do these, what seems to be absolutely crazy things that could hurt or break anybody else and do it in a safe manner. Because in reality, a lot of people think stunt performers are these adrenaline junkies, but we're just about the exact opposite. Like safety becomes number one priority on any set. And if you're not being safe in what you're doing, 
that's the first way to get fired as a stunt performer. And I've, I've seen it happen, unfortunately. Uh, but it's, it's a, definitely a misconception that a lot of people think uh, stunt performers are these adrenaline junkies when that just isn't the case. I feel like that's just such an underrated profession in show business because so many shows and movies or like you said, music videos, they require stunt people to, you know, fulfill these scenes, whereas other people don't want to do it. Um, And, you know, we talked about maybe the most gnarly one, but what about the first stunt you did? Was there any nerves and, you know, trying to tell yourself, all right, I just got to do this and then we can go from there? A little bit, but at the same time, so it's an interesting thing with stunts is you have to get into the union to do, which is SAG after to do any sort of big show or movie. And then what you do before getting into the union is actually a lot of non-union work. So you do like some commercials, some music videos. Most of those are non-union. And for those, it's usually a little bit smaller budget, smaller crew. So there's a lot less nerves going on. But uh, my actual first big uh, movie was a Netflix movie, and it was my first SAG after gig. And it's uh, really funny because my stunt was literally doing uh, essentially a Ninja Warrior obstacle course. I was doing like ring swings and stuff. So it was almost like the perfect job to get me into the industry because there's no way I'm going to be nervous about doing like basically dumbed down into warrior obstacles for my first stunt gig. So it, it was pretty perfect to be honest. Yeah. It sounds like you were totally prepared for that, Kyle. And, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about everything, American Ninja warrior stunt performing world chase tag. But when you look ahead, what would you say is next for you? Ah, uh, I, what's next is honestly just everything that I have been doing really just, splitting my time training for all the different things I love, which is JSEG, Ninja Warrior, climbing, and really just having fun with it and trying to go as far as I can with it. I see a huge, huge opportunity with World JSEG. It's an incredible sport, and I could see it really being becoming as big as some of the new sports out there, like eSports. It's really quick, 15-minute long matches, so... My sights are really set on, of course, doing, continuing to do Ninja Warrior and doing well on it, but um, I'm really hoping that Chase Tag becomes big and I see big sponsors coming in. So the near future will be to hopefully get Hollywood Freerunners a big sponsor. And uh, so <laughs> if you know anyone or can get our name out there, I, I think uh, we'll start seeing some bigger sponsors come into the sport. Absolutely. I envision big things for World Chase Tag, Kyle, because, I mean, again, it's something that pretty much everyone is familiar with, and it's fast-paced, it's electric, it's super fun to watch. So I wish you the best of luck. I'm going to continue following your journey, and I got to say thanks for joining the show and sharing your story. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you having me on, and uh, hopefully we can uh, jump back on in a future podcast and talk about uh, how we landed our first big sponsor. What an awesome conversation with Kyle Soderman. He has done so many cool things, and I had a lot of fun highlighting his story. 
I always thought I was pretty good at playing tag, but now I'm not so sure. But that's about it for this week's episode. Be sure to check back next Wednesday for episode 36 of The People Podcast.